0: Welcome back to the More Plants Podcast. I'm so happy to have you listening in today. I'm excited for today's episode because we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, which is habit creation, motivation, and all of the psychological aspects that have to do with those daily steps we take when we want to reach certain goals and we want to make changes in our lives. This is by no means a comprehensive episode where you're going to learn every single aspect of forming habits, but we are going to cover a few of what I consider the most relevant and the most important things to keep in mind that are closely linked to this quest to eating more plants or going vegan or going plant-based or whatever terminology you use. Hi there, and welcome to More Plants, a vegan podcast by bramble that helps you start, continue, and enjoy eating plant-based for your health, the animals, and the planet. I'm Kim Sujavalski, your host and certified plant-based cook and educator. In this podcast, you'll find all the practical tips, resources, and support you'll need to make your journey easy and sustainable, no matter where you are along this path. To learn more about our online courses, recipes, and blog, visit Brownball.com And now, Let's dive into today's episode. So many of the topics we discuss at Bramble have to do with the changing of habits, the quitting of habits and the creation of new habits. Today I'm going to be sharing some simple tools and habit basics and motivation basics, all in the hopes that these support you on your efforts if you're on this journey. And I'm going to share some of the tools and exercises and Things you can visualize when you're approaching this topic and the resources that have helped countless of our students through the years. We're going to get into it right after this note from our sponsor for today's show. This episode is brought to you by our online course, The Roadmap. The Roadmap is an online course that will help guide the way, if you're newly vegan, thinking of becoming vegan, or wanting to take more steps in this direction. Module by module, we take you by the hand through every step, covering topics like finding your motivation and having the right mindset when making this change, to how to build a nutritionally balanced plate, how to shop, prep, stay on budget, plan your meals, travel, get organized, and navigate every social situation as a vegan and so many others. There is no stone left unturned, and we do it all with that approach you love so much, in which missteps are welcome and there is no such thing as perfection. And of course, it includes the most delicious recipes and menu ideas. There is so much more included in this course, so head on over to brownwell.com forward slash the roadmap to watch our video trailer to see the full list of modules, lessons, and recipes, pricing, and more. Again, that's bramble.com forward slash the roadmap. Now, on with the show. Keep in mind that entire books have been written on the subject of habits alone. And there is so much to talk about when we talk about habit formation and maintaining habits and having habits last you for a lifetime. Today, I'm going to focus on four key aspects that I think are particularly aligned with everything we talk about here and that I think are so important and that have been very central to the work we've done with our students through the years. And the first one has to do with focusing on systems instead of goals. If you're here... It probably means that you're on this quest to making more vegan choices or going fully vegan and wherever you are along that spectrum, you have a goal you wish to achieve, whether that's eating more plants, eating less animal products, going fully there to vegan. If you are a seasoned vegan, you might be here because your goal is to cook more at home, to expand or add variety to your meals, to learn new vegan cooking skills. Perhaps you're also here because you want to learn how to be more attuned to your hunger and fullness levels. You want to start a practice of mindful eating, which is something I love to talk about. Or maybe you're trying to improve your relationship with food. No matter what your journey looks like. In these or any other areas in your life, whether that's work, exercise, hobbies, work-life balance, whatever it may be, chances are you have goals that you wish to reach with each of those journeys. And I hope that what you hear today can sort of expand into any area of your life where you're needing a little bit of this reminder. It's become popular knowledge that setting specific goals for yourself leads to more actions made towards them. But one aspect that is even more conducive to actually getting there is to not only think of the goal itself, but to think of the steps and the actions and planning, aka the systems you need to put in place in order to get there. Once the goal has been set... Don't leave it at that. I do believe, and research has shown this, that setting those goals, that's an important part of the process. But the idea is that we don't leave it at that. We take it one step further to see what we can put in place to get there. That part is such an essential part, and it's often glazed over, and we think that things are magically going to fall into place just because we've set a goal. We feel that our willpower is going to be enough to take us to wherever we want to go. And that's not the case. To give an example, if you are on this journey to making more plant-based choices in your food, for example, your specific goal might be cooking one fully vegan meal a day. Working on the system might be deciding on what day you're going to shop, making sure you have the ingredients you need, planning a few of those meals, or batch cooking the central protein of those meals the weekend before. If you are, for example, already vegan and you want to learn more advanced skills or add variety to your plant-based meals, your goal might be to make two new and different recipes a week, for example. So your system might be to take a moment during the weekend to browse your cookbooks, to browse our program if you're a member of our program, to pick your two recipes and make your shopping list. Change doesn't happen just by the magic of coming up with and setting that goal. (laughs) That's definitely important, but it's by looking at the specific steps to get there that we get closer to those goals by working on those systems. I highly want to recommend a book that talks about this beautifully, and it's a book that has become a mega bestseller. It's been translated to so many different languages, and it is a beauty. It's the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. You might have already read it. There is so much about habits in this book, and he is someone who talks about those systems In such an incredible way. He talks a lot about sports and how both the winning team and the losing team have the goal of winning as many games, matches, competitions as they can. He talks about all these examples where it was the teams that focused on the systems and those small daily improvements in the nitty gritty of their sport that marked the difference. Because in every game, there's going to be a winner and there's going to be a loser. And they both have the goal of winning. And it's in the focus on the systems themselves that some of these teams that he talks about in the book have reached the places they've reached. This may sound obvious that setting a goal and just expecting it to magically happen is obviously not how you get to the results and changes but so often i encounter a student that is putting a lot of attention on those end results often being very judgmental as to why they haven't been able to get there but When I ask about how their organization is in terms of shopping, of batch cooking, of learning, of practicing, of making sure the fridge is always stocked with fresh produce or they have snacks available, their response is a lot of ums and not sure's and I don't really have a system. And the goal is very much at the central sort of focus point and the place where we should be putting all our focus has kind of just been swept under the rug. So the first tip or suggestion or piece of advice that I have for you today in terms of those habits and in terms of those changes you're wanting to make is to make a point of zeroing in on the systems if something is preventing you from getting to where You want to get. That's where the magic happens. That's where all the work is. That's where you put all of these, and I hate to be repeating myself, but they really are systems. That's where we put all of these things in place. Where on days in which our motivation is lacking, on days in which we don't have time, on days in which we're sick, on days in which life gets in the way, things continue to flow and those changes that we're trying to make continue to happen because we've put all this effort on the place where it should be, which is those systems, and not only on the goals or the results. Second aspect I wanted to cover today has to do with habits and identity. Another topic that I really wanted to highlight is so central to veganism itself. I think veganism is the perfect example of what I'm trying to share here, is why developing an identity surrounding your habit or the moment you discover that you already have such a connection, because you might already have it, is one of the most helpful aspects of any change. When people ask me how long I've been vegan, and I tell them it's been over a decade at this point, people can't believe it. Even when they've been around me for all of those years, we get this warped sense of time and people think, well, no, it can't be a decade because she can't have been doing this for that long. Part of the reason for this is I think people like to draw a parallel between veganism and other dietary plans or diets, and they remember the time they went keto or paleo or went on any other diet plan. Veganism is, of course, about much more than what fills your plate. It doesn't have to have anything to do with dietary restriction, and it has more to do with your value systems and the products you choose to not purchase and the ones you do want to put your money towards. But even if we focused on the dietary aspect of this change, we would see a stark difference between veganism and and some of these other forms of these other ways of eating, that difference is there because of identity. And it's why people who are vegan have often been able to make these changes for decades and even lifetimes. And I just gave you the clue just now when I said people who are vegan As a way of eating and living that is based on ethics, it quickly becomes a part of who you are. The sense of identity is in a way a grounding of those daily habits well into your psyche in the same way you might consider yourself a hard worker and so you work hard or you believe you are athletic and so exercise is a part of your everyday. And even within that, you might say you're a runner, and you therefore run often and enjoy the process, strengthening it with each run. When you tie the new habits you're trying to create to your identity, it gets internalized in a way in which you're saying, this isn't just the way I'm going to do something, it's the way I am and therefore I do. It's so clear with veganism, but you can purposely tie the same helpful aspect to any habit you're trying to create in order to strengthen it. Always being sure that the identity itself is always going hand in hand with checking in with yourself and seeing that it is aligned in a positive way. Identity can be tricky and that it can also push us perfectionists to unhealthy limits. It can close us off. So keep that in mind so that your boundaries and your well-being they you know they're also a part of the picture and they're an important part of the picture but what i'm trying to get at is in this way the non-smoker doesn't smoke because he isn't a smoker the mindful eater eats calmly and with presence because they are a mindful eater the avid cook cooks often because it's a part of how they perceive themselves The creative person creates because it's a part of who they are. You can start strengthening this in a quote unquote, you know, (laughs) fake it till you make it way until the actions go from habits to identity. This is something we do all the time. The avid reader, for instance, wasn't born that way. They became an avid reader because they bought a book that was right up their alley They found a genre that they loved. Then they read another by the same author. Then they started walking into bookstores. Then they got a library card. Then they started asking for books as gifts. Then they started taking a book wherever they went. Then they decided they were going to read for an hour before bed every night. And then they downloaded some book recommendation podcasts. And suddenly, they are not a person who reads books. They are a reader. This is the place we want to get to in order for those new habits to last us a lifetime, which is my hope for you. One thing that needs to go hand in hand with this is to start dismantling beliefs that contradict this. If you have a belief that you are bad at trying new things, that you could never live without a certain food, that you're a bad cook or terrible at keeping habits up for long, these beliefs often become self-fulfilling prophecies that will come knocking on days where your motivation dwindles, which it will because you're a human being, <laughs> and that's often the combination that leads us to stopping habits that were in the process of getting formed and getting really ingrained. So counteract these beliefs by finding the many moments that surely went unnoticed where you actually did all right. <laughs> Let go of some of these beliefs that might have come from messages given to you by family members. And most of all, try things anyway and begin paving a new path where you show yourself that those beliefs about yourself aren't set in stone, that you can change, that some of them might not even be true or even close to it. It's in that magic triangle of in one corner having that dismantling of those limiting beliefs in another corner having putting one step in front of the other when it comes to those daily actions and those habits and in the other corner letting all of those things knit themselves into your identity and sometimes it feels like a new identity in progress this area in that triangle that's where your habits will actually stick and i want to quote james clear again from the wonderful book atomic habits And this is a sort of quote in (laughs) quotes, I'm roughly translating from Spanish because I read this book in Spanish and it goes something like this. During most of my childhood and youth, I didn't consider myself a writer. If you could ask my teachers at school or my professors in college, surely they'd describe me as an average writer in the best of cases. And surely none of them would have the opinion that I was an accomplished writer. When I started my career as a writer, I published one new article every Monday and Thursday for the first few years. As the evidence grew, The same thing happened with my identity as a writer. I didn't start out being a writer. I became a writer because of my habits. The way I see and understand this is our identity can be formed, chiseled, and welded by our habits, and our identity holds our habits in place because they become a part of who we are. The next aspect I want to talk about today, number three, is what happens when we don't see progress or our progress stalls or we have steps back. I remember that whenever I drew a picture of mountains as a kid, (laughs) I'm sure you can relate or you can see this in your kids' drawings if you have kids. I drew mountains as this sort of steep triangle that was perfectly smooth and had a climber looping a rope at the pointy tip and pulling himself up that shiny gray diagonal. I also grew up in Caracas, Venezuela, as some of you may know, and every morning upon waking up, I would look out the window and see this oval-shaped gray valley filled with houses and buildings down below. And the whole thing was framed at the north by a massive mountain range called the Avila Mountains. And from afar, they look like this massive green lock of rounded rolling hills that seem to be completely covered in a green carpet. This is what it looks like from afar. I remember that the first time I went to the mountains as a kid and actually you know, went into them and up them. I was surprised to not see it all covered with grass. (laughs) This is what I was truly expecting as a kid, because that's what I saw from afar. Instead, there were trees and patches of dirt and sandy areas and rocky areas and steeper hills that then made you relax in a tiny flat meadow before going up again. We have this idea that when we set out to climb the mountain of any new habit, that it will be as simple as looping our rope. The tip and going up in a straight line, or as easy as walking across a rolling green carpet that just goes straight up to the top. When we put new habits into place or are attempting such a big lifestyle change, such as going plant based or vegan, we are going to have moments in which the path up is steep, moments in which it's sunny and flatter and easy, moments in which there is a bit of a plateau, moments in which we're going up, but then feel we're going down, only it's not really going back to the starting point. It's just what happens to us humans. It's never a straight line. And we need to be prepared for this when we attempt any change. Have a plan for when life throws you a curveball, for when you have less time, for when motivation isn't the same as it was at the start. Expect moments that are boring or that feel hard. The first step is to see this as a normal part of the process. Let yourself have an off day. Let it happen. Let yourself feel like you're not doing well, like you... Uh, don't know what you're doing, whatever it is you're telling yourself, let yourself have that off day and then try to see that one day, one moment is a blip in the grand scheme of things that What we're trying to achieve aren't short-term goals, but long-term sustainable habits that will become a part of your life and identity. And this is a process that requires patience while you take those small steps. And those small steps will have peaks and valleys, but the important thing is to keep following that compass that will take you up, up, up. And I want to quote Anne Lamott, and you've heard me talk about her before, and we have a full post on on her and on this particular topic at Bramble.com, which you can you can check it out if you want. But Anne Lamott always says, take it bird by bird. She has a fantastic... Anne Lamott is a prolific writer. If you've never read anything from her, you're in for so many treats. And she has a book about the writing process and her experience as a writer called Bird by Bird. And this is an expression her father used on her little brother when he realized he had this giant school project on birds due the next day. And when he opened his books, he saw that there was the pelican and the chickadee and the robin and the sparrow and the crow and the eagle. And he said, there are just too many birds. And their dad said, buddy, just take it bird by bird. Those small Individual actions, doing one small thing on a day that was hard, on one of those days where you were thrown a curveball, is going to help you continue with the momentum, even if it feels like it has slowed. It's soon going to start picking up speed again. So, one thing that I always recommend on days like these is to let yourself have the off day, let yourself have those thoughts that are coming to you. Remember that not all of our thoughts are true. And even though you're feeling all of that, take one step, just one step out of all of the things you're putting in place. You can do just one little thing. And that one little thing is sort of a promise or the sort of contract with yourself that you're going to keep at it, even if you're having an off day. And even if things have slowed down a little bit, at least for right now, it's a promise you're making to yourself for keeping it up in the future. Now, the last aspect I want to cover when it comes to habit formation and habit maintenance is understanding extrinsic and intrinsic motivation. I left this important aspect of habit changes and motivation for last because in my opinion, it's what seals all of the previous ones into place. Extrinsic motivation is what is known as the type of force that propels your actions, but that is reinforced by outside sources. Some examples of this would be studying hard to get a good grade in a final, winning a competition for the money prize at the end, achieving a goal because of the praise we will get from our peers or the respect we will get from our peers. Extrinsic motivation is making choices in our eating and exercise habits because we want to see a number on a scale or fit into those old pair of jeans. All of these forms of motivation are extrinsic in that the reason we are moving forward with that action is for something external. Intrinsic motivation is very different. Intrinsic motivation is that type of force that propels your actions that isn't guided by external sources. Instead, it refers to that desire and pull to do something because of the satisfaction the action brings us in and of itself. Examples of this are studying hard because we want to really learn a topic that interests us or playing a soccer match because we love the sport itself, regardless of the outcome of the match. Achieving a goal because the process or action itself is enjoyable. And this is something that can often put you in what is known as the flow state where you're so into something, you lose track of time, you are so immersed in it, you're fully present and you're enjoying it. Intrinsic motivation is making choices in our eating and exercise habits because we enjoy the exercising itself or the type of exercise we do, because we enjoy cooking at home and love that our new habits are maybe connected to something bigger than ourselves, or because we enjoy the process of repairing food that makes us feel good. Now, there are different degrees of extrinsic motivation. Again, that's the one where we are being sort of propelled forward. And we're sort of inspired to do this action because of an external reason. So for example, eating more fruits and vegetables because we are being paid to participate in a study of fruit and vegetable consumption, for example, this might be in one end of the spectrum of extrinsic motivation and eating them for health reasons and because we know they're good for us. Is closer to intrinsic motivation, but still considered extrinsic motivation. And it's when we truly do it from a wish, a desire, a knowing that it feels like what we want to do, or the process gives us enjoyment in and of itself, or we're connected to our bodies and we know these foods make us feel good and we want to r- rinse and repeat because we feel that way. Uh, here, is where we're fully in intrinsic motivation territory. When habits are intrinsically motivated, meaning they come from that deep wish and desire and that motivation that is strong because of the enjoyment of the activity itself, we are much more likely to maintain these habits. It's the difference between a child who plays the violin because it pleases his parents or the child that plays it because he can't wait to play. He can't wait to nail that overture because he loves the motion of the bow, because he loves the sound and how lost he gets in it while he's playing. Do you see the difference? This is why I teach presence and mindfulness with everything I teach, (laughs) because by connecting to how your body is feeling, by connecting to the effects of the foods you eat in your body, by being present in learning how to transform ingredients and all the joy that can come from cooking more at home, by connecting to why these changes are important to you, not only for the sake of animals and the environment and your health, which are Still also, in a way, external factors. They're wonderful factors, but they're still external factors. But also, by connecting to why these choices are important to you and add value to your life and give you a sense of connection, of purpose, of doing what you feel is right or what feels best for you, you are strengthening the connections to your intrinsic motivation. And that's the one that's going to help those habits stick. That's where you enjoy the focus of systems, which is the first thing we talked about. That's where change happens and new habits stick and they become a part of your identity, which is the second aspect we talked about. And that's how they stay and they're there, come rain or shine, even in the difficult moments, which is the third aspect we talked about. Integrating all the sides of the equation we've covered today. There are, of course, more aspects involved in the formation of habits, but I'm gonna leave it at these for today in the hopes that focusing on just a few will get you started. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps us reach more people who are interested in making more vegan choices and need some support. Remember that you can find all of the show notes, links, and many additional resources for this episode in the description below. And of course, don't forget to visit brownble.com to learn more about our online courses, recipes, and blog posts. Till next time, everyone.